Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Caravan, and this is Night Surgery on the Voice of the Cape, taking up until uh, 10 this evening, looking at the bone. And in studio, I have uh, Dr. Abdul Rawud, orthopedic surgeon, uh, chatting to us uh, this evening. We'll be tackling issues related to sporting injuries right up until arthritis. You're welcome to send your questions in on 47913 or uh, to give us a call, 0 to one double four two three five three this evening, inshallah. I mean, uh, also, Doctor, obviously there's, there's a range of conditions that do affect the elderly at a point where um, we would imagine there is a, a certain loss of, of minerals in the body which would, would, would lend to a certain, certain uh, conditions. Now obviously there's, uh, I've heard people uh, developing arthritis, osteoarthritis and um, you know rheumatoid arthritis and then also you hear some people who, who when they start to age, develop osteoporosis. Now, looking at osteoarthritis and osteoporosis, is there a relationship between the two, and what is the difference between those two uh, conditions? Well, if you're looking at osteoarthritis, it involves the joint. Um, arthritis basically implies inflammation of a joint. Osteoarthritis is what we refer to as a mechanical cause of uh, arthritis. So it's what... Uh, you could call it wear and tear. Now, we all get that. Uh, uh, as you get older, the cartilage that lines the bone in your joints become worn out, and you then get inflammation because you have bone moving and bone. It's no longer that smooth surfaces of cartilage moving on cartilage. Now, uh, cartilage is one of those tissues. Once you damage it, it doesn't grow back. If you break your bone, it heals with new bone, and that bone is as strong as it was before. But cartilage, once it's ja- damaged, doesn't grow back. You then end up with bone on bone, inflammation, and that results in a swollen joint, sometimes a deformity of, of the limb. Um, so that's osteoarthritis. And that's related to how active you were when you were younger. Those uh, people that were active uh, running, contact type sports, running, uh, rugby, soccer, they developed osteoarthritis. Um, it's dependent on your weight. So patients that are overweight are more likely to get osteoarthritis. And then if you've had previous trauma to a joint as well and you've had damage to the cartilage, that can result in secondary osteoarthritis. It differs to a condition such as rheumatoid arthritis, which is a medical cause of inflammation of a joint. So in that case, your body mounts an immune response uh, and that uh, uh, inflammatory response occurs in the joint and causes damage to, uh, to the cartilage. You can get secondary osteoarthritis after rheumatoid arthritis, but the difference is in the treatment. Osteoarthritis, initially, you'll treat with uh, anti-inflammatories, activity modification, uh, weight loss. Eventually, when you have uh, severe arth- osteoarthritis, then you would require joint replacement joint replacement surgery like hip replacement or knee replacement. Rheumatoid arthritis, the initial treatment is medical. So uh, you have uh, specialists like Prof. Kala, who's a rheumatologist. They treat um, these conditions with uh, medical treatment steroids. Um, there's various disease-modifying agents uh, that they use that are specific for the various type of medical forms of arthritis. And then when you come to oste- osteoporosis, it's weakening in the strength of the bone. It's not necessarily related to the joint itself. And that we find commonly in women that are postmenopausal. And it's related, uh, related to the different uh, levels of uh, estrogen hormone in the body. So that's why it's uh, f- uh, fairly important for uh, particularly women that are postmenopausal to have their bone density checked because they're at an increased risk of uh, what we call fragility fractures. And that commonly involves the hip fractures, 
wrist fractures and uh, spinal fractures. Uh, could I ask then, if we look at osteoporosis, um, is there a role that to be played by calcium in uh, or lack of calcium in, in developing this deficiency? In the yeah, uh, treatment uh, involves uh, calcium supplements. But in addition to that, uh, what's important is they do a bone density scan, and that's commonly uh, managed by either the physicians or endocrinologists. And um, based on that, there's also um, treatment for osteoporosis where the bone becomes strengthened, and that's in addition to the calcium supplements. Okay, number to SMS four seven nine one three. You can call us up on zero two one double four two three five three. Are we looking at uh, issues related to the bone, uh, which does uh, also include arthritis, um, as well as uh, sports injuries this evening? Um, and we've got two questions here related to sports injuries. Um, the one says, "Sam, Doc, my son has a has a rugby injury. He, his left kneecap popped out and was pushed back by medics in the field. They iced it, and at home it swelled up, and he has a lot of pain. Someone told me I cannot take him to the hospital until the swelling is down. How long does the swelling take? And his one kneecap out oh, is higher than the other. What can he do to reduce the pain? Well, that seems very painful. Yeah. Uh, look, firstly." Uh you need to establish whether the kneecap is definitely properly reduced. Um, your kneecap uh, forms part of your extensive mechanism of your leg. So in, that means uh, the, the ability to straighten your and raise your leg in that uh, straightened position. Um, it's part of your extensive mechanism, which involves your quadriceps muscle, your quadriceps tendon and then your kneecap, and then there's another tendon that links it to the shin bone. So if his kneecap is higher than the other one, we need to establish whether there's possibly a tendon injury as well, uh, whether it's quadriceps or the patella tendon that could be ruptured. Um, so you'd have to be assessed. Uh, I don't think it's quite right that he needs to wait for the swelling to settle. Uh, if they are concerned, uh, best to get seen at the emergency unit, and they can discuss with uh, the orthopedic surgeon. X-rays need to be taken. And then in terms of the treatment of um, a dislocated kneecap, initially, if it's in the right position, it's uh, immobilizing it in a knee brace of sorts and then strengthening the quadriceps. Um, if there is a recurrence of uh, kneecap dislocation, and we usually see that in younger patients, particularly women, um, young girls, where they ha are lax in, uh, in their joints, um, then it might be necessary for surgery in terms of uh, ligament reconstruction that keeps the kneecap in place and also if that person has a high riding patella sometimes we need to do some bony surgery to bring it down into position. Next question doctor says Salam, my son had located his right ankle and it was broken in two places. He had surgery at Constantinburg Medi Clinic. He only had physio while in hospital. Do you suggest further physio treatment? The injury took place on the 3rd of March. Okay, um, if there's a bony uh, uh, injury, uh, fracture, dislocation of the ankle, that's been stabilized, but the bone takes about six weeks to heal. So initially, uh, is going to be immobilized. I commonly uh, first put them in a splint uh, immediately after the surgery, and then usually after a week I change to a, a moon boot. Uh, so you're going to be uh, immobilized for six weeks at least until the bone heals once we repeat the x-ray and it shows that the fracture is completely healed that's when we would start uh, physio get the ankle um, mobile work on your calf strength 
Okay, you can still SMS us four seven nine one three. All your uh, questions for Doctor this evening. Uh, looking at the bone and exploring the matters of the bone, uh, Doctor. Uh, another thing that um, you know would crop up in the sense is, let's say for instance someone has had a sports injury, and um, like you said, uh, for instance they the kneecap has been dislocated um, as a result, and people have popped it back in. Um, how important is it for 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 someone who has been injured to um you know get to the hospital because it seems like you know they were told hey just go home and rest you know let us let the swelling go down mm-hmm. how important is to get to the hospital immediately after um that person has experienced that kind of trauma on the on any part of their body that uh you know or like okay. for instance their knee usually when we're dealing with uh, dislocation it means the two bones that's involved in that joint are separated. So generally there's no fracture, but you can get a fracture with a dislocation. Um, there's certain dislocations that you can reduce on site on the field, for instance. Um, kneecap dislocations, sometimes they go back fairly quickly, uh, easily. Uh, sometimes we dislocate uh, the little joints in our fingers and that we can pull ba- uh, put back fairly easily. When you're dealing with bigger joints, for instance, your shoulder, your elbow, knee hip dislocations it's extremely painful and uh, it's not so easily reduced uh, on the field in that case uh, because you're dealing with a soft tissue injury you want to get to the hospital as soon as possible to have it reduced Uh, one it's going to reduce uh, the amount of swelling discomfort and also uh, depending on what joints involved there are nerves and blood vessels that are in close proximity to the joints and if left in an dislocated position it could compromise the function of the nerve or the blood vessel so in that case you definitely want to get to a hospital generally what happens in that case uh, the sports person gets taken by ambulance to the hospital they get given uh, sedation and then the joint gets put back Number three, SMS four seven nine one three four seven nine one three, and we're dealing with issues of the bone, uh, also dealing with arthritis uh, as well. Doctor, I've got a question here. That I just want to read out, and then we can tackle it after the break. It says, "Salam, doctor. Female, sixty-five years on the waiting list at Khrutiskia for a knee replacement. Uh, it uh, okay. So obviously, I hope the it's not for sixty-five years on the waiting list. Sixty-five years. There's no comedy. <laughs> so, um, doctor, female, sixty-five years." And she's on the waiting list at Khrutiskia for a knee replacement. It's very painful. She fell on both knees a week ago. The damaged knee is so badly hurt, it's bruised and swelling. And she gets a throb and a sharp pain from the knee down the leg. Only the one leg. The pain is about 20 minutes apart. Even when she sleeps, it wakes her up. She's on tramadol. Doesn't seem to help. Can you advise what to use? Uh, We'll take a a closer look at that question after the break. The Voice of the Cape. 91.3 91.3 FM Stereo Join 1UP Cash and Carry for super low prices Where you can get more for less Wholesale prices straight to the public All welcome 1UP Cash and Carry Where you can get more for less More for less Experience the best ambience in town At Arabian Nights Lounge and Hookup for top quality and wide variety of hookah flavors. Enjoy great food and drinks with friends and family. It's the ideal place to meet clients in private cubicles. It's It's the the place place to be. Arabian Nights Lounge and Hookah. Find us at Shop 4 and 5 at Metro Food Center underneath the Krombom Bridge. Call 021-696-8921. Arabian Nights Lounge and Hookah. 
Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. Welcome back to Caravan. It's a night surgery and uh, we're chatting to Dr. Abdul Rawid, orthopedic surgeon. Uh, doctors addressing questions related to the bone this evening uh, and the number to SMS 47913. We can call us up on 021-442-3530. The question we uh, posed before the break, Dr. Female, she is uh, 65 years old and she's on the waiting list at the moment at Krutisky Hospital for a knee replacement. And she says it's very painful. She fell on both knees a week ago. The damaged knee is so badly hurt, it is bruised and swelling. She does get a throbbing and sharp pain from the knee down the leg. However, it's only the one leg. The pain is about 20 minutes apart. Even when she sleeps, uh, the pain wakes her up. She's on tramadol, doesn't seem to help. Kindly advise what she can use. Okay. First of all, the unfortunate thing, situation that we faced with in the state hospital is an extreme long waiting list for hip and knee replacements. And unfortunately, when it comes to osteoarthritis, it's not life or limb threatening. So for that reason, um, there is that long waiting list. Um, what's of concern in the SMS is the fact that um, she fell a week ago and the pain has escalated since then. First thing I would uh, suggest if the pain is not settling is to have that seen too. She may need to have new x-rays taken to exclude a fracture. That's the first thing. If once they've uh, established that there is no fracture that needs surgery, then uh, unfortunately she would have to wait uh, for her knee replacement. Tramadol is a good painkiller. Unfortunately, um, at, uh, it only uh, provides temporary relief and you'd have to take it regularly. Um, the main problem with arthritis is inflammation of the joint. So provided there's no uh, contraindication to um, uh, use of anti-inflammatories, I would recommend an anti-inflammatory uh, works. That's first-line treatment for osteoarthritis. And the anti-inflammatories that we're looking at um, it varies from your brufens, voltarens. Um, you get your newer generation uh, uh, anti-inflammatories like your arcoxia, your celebrex. They are a lot safer with regards to stomach side effects. So if there's no problem with stomach ulcers, I would combine an anti-inflammatory with the tramadol. And, and Dr. So on that question, uh, we're speaking now about venturing into anti-inflammatories. Sometimes patients share medication. Someone says they've got a pain. They've heard, you know, that uh, they need an anti-inflammatory. Someone else says, you know, they've got extra medication. Yeah, take this. How dangerous is it for people to, you know, swap medications and decide, decide you know, that tablet over there uh, that serves their purposes, they'll mm. take it? Uh, it's extremely dangerous. Um, any medication that should be prescribed by uh, a qualified uh, physician or a doctor. The reason being is uh, all these uh, medications have side effects and they have interactions with other medications. So, for instance, uh, an anti-inflammatory that would work for you that are otherwise healthy might pose a problem for someone that's a lot older that has other medical conditions that are on blood thinning agents. So, um, yeah, uh, you can't use the same medication for everyone. Um, it does pose some serious uh, risks. Uh, there's, there's an SMS now that's complementing a previous SMS. The lady who phoned about a son who had, cost, uh, had uh, his right ankle uh, was broken in two places 
uh, and disloc- dislocated, uh, and he w- had surgery done at Constantia Burg Hospital. Uh, she was request- she was inquiring about physio. Now, uh, c- uh, continuing with that, uh, she says that um, thank you, doctor. He's going back for an assessment and X-rays on twenty second of April, and he's currently on crutches and he's wearing the moon boot. I appreciate your help. So I don't think this is necessarily a question. There, she just give an update on what we had said. Uh, then this one says yeah, um Okay, this doesn't seem like a complete SMS. Uh, so I think I'll just try and skim through and see what I can collect out of this because if I delete it just the way that it is, it doesn't make sense to me. I think there's a part missing. Uh, someone says, uh, if I stand uh, up, it's stiff and I need to stretch it. I don't know what caused it, but it's painful. I had this a couple of months now. If I wear a wedged tacky or slippers, I don't feel pain. Only when I wear flat shoes, it pains. I don't know if they're talking about the foot. I don't know if they're talking about the ankle uh, or, or any other part of the leg. Um, there's a bit missing from yeah. there. Okay, uh, I, I see. I see. Yeah, at the bottom, there's it's split into three. So I think we found the main part. Okay, it's probably related to the foot. Um, yeah. A lot of people, particularly, we see it more commonly in women. They mm. present with uh, heel pain. In actual fact, that's correct because the bottom section. Now I found the last part, which came through. Fir- the, the the first part came through. Last and the last part came through first. I'm just going to try and put it all in perspective mm. again. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. I have a problem with my heel. Uh, it was when I st- it is when I stand up in the morning, it's stiff, or I sit for a long period of time. Uh, the, then if I stand up, it's stiff, and I need to stretch it. Mm. I don't know what caused it, but it's painful. I had it a couple of months now. If I wear a wedge, uh, Tacky or slipper, I don't feel pain. Only when I wear flat shoes, it pains. So, okay, that's the complete dismissal. Based on the uh, first part that you read, I could uh, deduce that uh, the condition that this person is uh, um, suffering from is uh, plantar fasciitis. Now, what that means is uh, your plantar fascia is a fibrous band that goes from your heel bone to the ball of your foot. It basically gives you the shape of your foot. uh, And... um, when you have inflammation of this fibrous band, the plantar fascia, you get what we call plantar fasciitis. Um, it generally presents with, uh, as the, the callers uh, described, it's pain particularly severe in the morning when you get up, you put your foot down, you haven't worn shoes yet, that's when you feel it uh, at its most severe. And then as the day progresses, it tends to get worse. Um, I see a lot of uh, patients, particularly now in summer, and it just so turns out that most of the majority of them are females, uh, we know the women, they like to wear their sandals in summer, and because most of them are flat and the soles are hard, they're, they're, that's what uh, brings on the, the, the symptoms. We see it a lot in patients that have flat feet as well. And in terms of the treatment, uh, initial is uh, non-operative. So, it's, again, the use of anti-inflammatories, um, uh, the use of a heel raise or a wedge, what that does is um, it takes the strain off the plantar fascia. Uh, so uh, if it's a female, uh, we usually advise a, a short heel. With men, it's a bit difficult telling them to wear high heels, but um, they are the shoe raises. Uh, doctor, would you advise orthotics in a, in a situation yeah. like Ooh, that? The, 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 the heel f- raise the that I've yeah. mentioned is the orthotic that you okay. can put in the shoe. But again, as in summer, it's a problem for the women because they want to wear the open uh, 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 sandals. And then if that doesn't work, uh, you can use a cortisone injection that we inject locally around the inflamed area. And failing that, um, there is a, 
release uh, surgical procedure we can do where we do a release of the plantar fascia that uh, in conjunction with stretching exercises uh, relieves the symptoms next question uh, on the sms line 47913 says dear doctor I would appreciate your advice regarding my eight-year-old daughter who has in-towing on both feet. It is not affecting her walking or running. Should she uh, be examined regarding possible future problems? The pediatrician said she should outgrow it by age eight, but she, uh, she has not. Uh, uh, thanking you very much. And that's by Shamima. Okay. Um, yeah, regarding in-towing, there's several causes for in-towing at uh Starting from the top, you can have hip problems that causes it, um, your thigh bone or femur, if you have a problem with the rotation, uh, same with your shin bone. Can I just um, ask, Doctor, what is in-towing? It's the first well, time I've heard this term. Well, basically, if you're standing upright and your kneecaps are pointing forward, your toes are pointing towards each other, so oh, that okay. would be in-towing. And if it's severe, um, it can result, especially in children, they fall over their feet type of thing. Um, so there's uh, several causes for in-towing that can be a problem, as I said, with the thigh bone, the femur, the shin bone. can be a problem with the foot itself, uh, some bony deformity that's causing it. Um, in most cases, it is physiological, and uh, which means it's normal for that eight-year-old. And if they've been assessed by the uh, pediatrician, you would have detected if there was anything that he'd be concerned about. Uh, if the uh, caller is uh, concerned, uh, can be assessed by orthopedic surgeon. We can uh, decide whether it is physiological or normal for that child or whether there is a problem. And if the uh, problem persists, uh, usually after the age of eight, um, there are certain procedures we can do. But generally, if it's not affecting the child's function, they're not tripping over their feet, uh, and then generally um, they will outgrow it. Uh, another question, yes, is Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I have, okay, that, well, that one was addressed, but there's another one. And I do apologize if I've got to skip. The, the messages are coming in with first part, last, and last part first. I'm just trying to figure out where the first part of the SMS uh, starts. This one says, Salam, doctor, my husband is a diabetic, 51 years, height 1.76, uh, 1, 1. Uh, weight 76 kilograms. He, he, he trapped into a okay, tramped into a broken screw this morning and didn't feel anything until he got home tonight. Uh, and then I saw it. He and then when I saw it, he took it out and didn't feel anything. Can you please help? So basically, she's saying her husband has no feeling. You know, his foot is diabetic. He stepped into a broken nail. Um, he removed it, but he still hasn't been. He see, he's saying he's not being affected by the pain at all. Okay. Uh, first of all, there's uh, two issues we need to look at. One is the broken nail or screw. If you're dealing with a, a rusty metal uh, and you were to tramp in it, uh, there is a risk of tetanus. It's an extremely uh, low risk. That's where you develop lockjaw. So generally if you've uh, tramped on an object like that, you need to go to the emergency unit and they normally give you a tetanus booster if you haven't had one in the last 10 years. Um, that's the first issue. The second one, and which is probably more significant, is the fact that he's diabetic. Now, when you're diabetic, uh, suffer from diabetes, it affects your peripheral nerves. So you develop what we call a glove and stocking neuropathy. What that means is you have reduced sensation in your feet and in your hands. And for that reason, he probably didn't feel when he stood on that nail or screw. Now, the other problem with diabetes is it affects your um, circulation. Uh, and 
where you then have poor wound healing and you have an increased risk of infection. That's uh, again, you'd have to be seen uh, by the GP or emergency unit. Uh, they need to definitely clean out that wound properly. You may need prophylactic antibiotics or they would have to watch the, the wound um, because you can develop infection and diabetes. That infection, if it's not properly treated, can progress uh, at a rapid rate. And that's why we commonly see uh, diabetic patients having amputations. I'm not saying that to scare the caller, but um, what's important is to have it seen to not to sit on it uh, uh, infection can spread rapidly and, and obviously when you have uh, infection it can also push up its blood sugar and so they would have to monitor the blood sugar and it's important to get the GP or the doctor in the emergency unit involved. Number two is 47913. Uh, doctor, next question says, uh, Saddam, how good is acoxia for arthritis? Tramadol gives me heart palpitations. Yeah, as I mentioned before, tramadol is basically a, a painkiller. It's a combination of, uh, oh, sorry, tramadol. Uh, it's a, uh, I was referring to tramacet, which is a combination of tramadol and paracetamol. Tramadol is a type of opioid uh, derivative, so it's stronger than your paracetamol, but uh, it only relieves the pain. It doesn't do anything for the cause of the pain. So arcoxia is an anti-inflammatory. If you're dealing with arthritis where the primary problem is inflammation, that will relieve your pain and it will reduce your uh, inflammation. Arcoxia, the way it's been marketed, is one of the safer or safest anti-inflammatories in that it has the least amount of uh, side effects regarding stomach ulcers. Uh, it's also fairly safe if you're dealing with patients that are on warfarin. Now, warfarin is your blood thinning agent in patients that have had uh, strokes, um, blood clots, if they have irregular heart rhythms and that they get put on warfarin. So a lot of the anti-inflammatories you can't take if you're taking warfarin, but uh, the way arcoxia has been marketed is that if you're on warfarin, you can still take arcoxia. Okay, the next question, and we'll take a break uh, on this. Uh, it says, uh, my wife had x-rays done on the right knee. Uh, orthopedic surgeon today diagnosis, uh, diagnosis is uh, that, and I'll just go back to that one as it refreshes, um, is that the cartilage has a tear. He prescribed Pixicam 20 milligram for a month and suggested a least bending of the knee. He also said that the cartilage could heal. Now I heard earlier that the cartilage doesn't heal. Please clarify. We'll uh, answer that after the break. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Caravan. It's uh, 9.43 and uh, we're still in studio with Dr. Rawil, orthopedic surgeon. Uh, and uh, we're talking about uh, issues related to the bone. So we start off uh, and we look at uh, um, the next question here in the series. And that one was relating to someone talking about um, uh, his wife who has uh, gone in for an assessment and um, saying that he was uh, this, as discussing the issue of torn cartilage. I'll just go back to that SMS. But uh, um, please do, when you send in your SMS, try and keep it as short as possible. And I do have to ask to keep the the uh, SMS language to minimum because it does throw you for six sometimes when you're trying to uh, you know get uh, the information across uh, as clearly as possible. 
Um, this one says, my wife had x-ray done on the right knee. Orthopedic surgeon today diagnoses her that the cartilage has a tear. He prescribed Pixicam 20 milligram for a month and suggested leaf bending of the knee. Uh, he also said that the uh, cartilage would heal. Uh, I hear now that it does not heal. Please advise. Okay, so there's a few things I need to uh, clarify. Uh, first of all, um, uh, regarding the x-ray, uh, when you take an x-ray, it basically only shows the outline of the bone. It doesn't show soft tissue like cartilage. When we see the space in the joint, um, that's a representation of the cartilage. So if we see, for instance, decreased joint space on an x-ray, it implies that there's some wear and tear of the cartilage. Now, there's different types of cartilage you get in the knee. There's the articular cartilage or the joint surface cartilage. So that's the cartilage that lines the bone surfaces in the joint. In addition to that, you've got two C-shaped cartilage discs in your knee, which we call meniscus. Uh, one is on the inside medial half and one is on the lateral side or the outer half of your knee. And these meniscus is what we regard as your body shock absorbers. It protects the other articular cartilage. Now, the the problem with cartilage, unlike bone that I mentioned earlier, it has poor blood supply. And for that reason, when you damage your cartilage, particularly your articular cartilage, it doesn't heal with new cartilage. It heals with scar tissue, which is not as smooth as the normal uh, joint surface cartilage. Now, with regards to the meniscus or these cartilage discs that you also have in your knee, um, again, the blood supply in various parts of that meniscus uh, differs. So, the, the parts that's on the outside half of the knee is more likely to heal uh, as opposed to a tear that's involving the inner half of the or third of the knee. Um, so what the orthopedic surgeon was alluding to is that she's most likely got a tear of this cartilage disc, which is the meniscus. And as I said, that's different to the cartilage that lines the, the bone. And in some cases, if it is a small tear, and these, there's two ways of picking up uh, the tear. One is an MRI scan, and the other one is with arthroscopic or keyhole surgery. Now, if it's the tear involves the periphery of the meniscus where the blood supply is better, there is a chance that it would heal by itself, and you would basically control the, the pain with the anti-inflammatory like Pixicam. And as the orthopedic surgeon advised, um, in this case, it's more likely involving the posterior or the back half of the meniscus. So if you were to bend, that's when you put more strain on that part of the meniscus, and then there's, uh, it could affect the healing. So the advice has been given as correct. Um, as I mentioned, that cartilage disc or meniscus is different to the, the cartilage we see that's damaged in osteoarthritis. Okay, so um, once again, SMSs are welcome at 47913. Next question says, Dr. Uh, Salam, I had a total knee replacement in early December by uh, a doctor. Uh, I won't mention the name there at Constantiaburg, but still very painful. What to do? Must I still go on crutches? Thanks. Um, generally, when we do uh, knee replacements, uh, the intended benefit is to relieve the pain that you're experiencing when you have osteoarthritis. Also, your mobility should be improved. Um, generally, patients with osteoarthritis, they come in with long-standing severe knee pain. Uh, their mobility is affected in that they can't walk long distances anymore. So, generally, by about three months after the surgery, you should have uh, a fairly comfortable knee and your mobility should be improved. You should definitely be off crutches. Having said that, with any knee or, or hip replacement surgery, there are potential complications. And um, 
uh, it's important that the scholar follows up with the orthopedic surgeon. They need to look in. One of the potential complications when it comes to joint replacement surgery is infection. The risk is extremely low. It's less than 1.5%. And we take the necessary precautions to um, prevent infection. But sometimes you can get a latent or uh, infection that comes on later. And those patients generally present with uh, uh, ongoing pain, swelling of that knee. There could be other causes as well, but one of the main things that we'd have to look at is, is there a uh, low-grade infection? So it's important that she uh, continues to follow up uh, with the, this orthopedic surgeon. They can do the necessary uh, inflammatory markers to see if there, there's any change. Um, uh, we normally do serial x-rays as well. Uh, when we do a knee replacement, for instance, the implants, uh, which are metal implants, uh, get cemented uh, in, and we use a special type of bone cement. And there's also this very small risk that it can come loose. So we do the serial x-rays to make sure there's no loosening of the implants. So there's several causes as to why it uh, could still be painful and swollen. Uh, and it's important that she continues to follow or he or she continues to be followed up uh, by that orthopedic surgeon. The voice of Dr. Abdul Rawud, orthopedic surgeon, and this is the program Caravan, opening our night surgery this evening. Uh, when we come back from the break, we'll continue. And please do, I have to ask for no more SMSs. I think we have enough to last us to the end of the program. So no more SMSs. Uh, but shukran to all of those who have SMS. We'll try and read as many of them as we can back after this break. Welcome back uh, to Caravan. You're on the voice of the Cape. And I have to ask once again, no more SMSs. Uh, we have the, the tally uh, that will last us till the end of the show. Doctor has agreed. I'm not to stay until uh, part 20 past 10 so we can finish all of those SMSs. Uh, the next one says, Doctor um, Saddam, I am 68 years old. I get stiffness in my fingers and toes. It takes a while before it gets back to normal. Is that because I lack some vitamin uh, and she says that she has no pain. Um, stiffness is fairly common the older you get, in, especially in your hands and that we use our hands all the time. Um, you also get um, arthritis in the joints um, and uh, if we assume that she doesn't have a medical cause for the arthritis like rheumatoid arthritis or gout and that's been excluded by uh, your GP, then uh, you can get osteoarthritis in the joints as well, and that would present with stiffness. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, due to a vitamin deficiency. I think if we're eating normal, uh, balanced diets and eating three meals a day, we generally get our uh, daily vitamin requirement. Um, but as I said, um, yeah, so I don't think uh, a vitamin supplement would make much of a difference for this problem itself. And Dr. Also, um, looking at the nature of the question and talking about stiffness in fingers and toes, perhaps are there certain activities that could lend to stiffness in those parts of the body? Yeah, look, we see it a lot more in patients that uh, use their hands, for instance, a mm -hmm. lot. Um, they, they would develop uh, stiffness or arthritis in specific joints. So it's all activity-related, same like with your hips and the knees, depending on how active you were you're young. Uh, you can develop arthritis in the joints. Same with your hands. If you constantly using your hands, uh, uh, you can develop arthritis in those joints. And the, the symptoms would be either pain, stiffness, or swelling or deformity. Um, so if it's just stiffness, generally 
uh, it tends to get better as the day uh, progresses. What happens is in these little joints, and same with the big joints, you have fluid in the joints. And as you get older, the uh, viscosity or, uh, of that fluid changes. Uh, and um, that's the, the stiffness we experience, as particularly uh, at the start of the day. And as you start to move the joints, it, it gets more, uh, the, the, the pain or stiffness uh, tends to get better. Okay, now it's SMS uh, 47913, uh, and I think that um, I'm just advertising that so people know what the SMS line is uh, in future, but I don't think we will take any more SMSs. We'll just go deal with the, the ones that we currently have. Then we have another one, Doctor, that says, Saddam, Muhammad uh, um, Doctor, my mother is a 50-year-old who suffered three strokes and the last one in 2012. After that, her physical state has deteriorated quite quickly. Her muscles are also tense always, and she now shivers intensely. It's to the point where she can no longer do things for herself, uh, many many things for herself. She's constantly falling and needs help doing basic tasks. She saw a doctor on Friday, and he said he couldn't find anything uh, uh, couldn't find anything. Originally, he thought it could be Parkinson's disease, but the results were too inconclusive. He issued her with some medication, but says she's still feeling extremely sick. Doctor, is there anything I can do or that we can do to boost the strength, even just a little bit, Shukran? Okay, uh, this sounds like uh, it sounds more like a neurological problem. Uh, mentioned three strokes. Uh, strokes is usually involves either bleed into the brain or if you have a blood clot that goes to the brain and it's not that common in a 50 year old and there's uh, a whole host of possible causes that need to be excluded so my advice is to um, see a physician or a neurologist and they would do the necessary investigations and be able to give you a better idea of what the cause of the strokes are when you do suffer strokes, it affects your uh, muscle function. Uh, uh, patients generally present with weakness. There's other symptoms. They're not able to speak, depending on which uh, part of the brain is involved. And part of the treatment of a uh, patient with stroke is to uh, manage the risk factors. So, for instance, patients that are hypertensive, diabetic, that needs to be managed. Uh, as I said, in a younger person, like 50-year-old, they need to exclude other causes uh, of the stroke. And then in terms of the treatment, apart from the uh, uh, re- management of the risk factors, is the rehabilitation. So generally, um, there's a physiotherapist involved, um, there's occupational therapist involved, a speech therapist if there's a speech impediment. Um, so it's a multidisciplinary team approach. Uh, my advice is to see a physician or neurologist um, they usually work very closely um, um, with those that uh, assist in the, the rehab. Next question says, Saddam, doctor, uh, this person has got, a sw- uh, has got a swollen spot on top of uh, their foot, more to the side of the foot. They had an operation, but after a year it came out again. The doctor gave them cortisone injection, but it does not help. It's more swollen. Okay, it's difficult to answer that one. There's several causes for swelling on the side of a foot. The most common cause of a uh, swelling is your bunion on the inside part of your foot, and that's uh, more a bony problem, and it's related to the anatomy uh, of the bone in the foot. And so it's not just a case of cutting out the swelling. 
uh, you need to address uh, the, the problem with how the bones are aligned. You also, and what might be the cause of the swelling in this case, is a, uh, what we call a ganglion, which is a soft tissue swelling. It's usually on top of the, the tendons that pass uh, in your foot. Uh, but that's only an assumption. I can't really make uh, a diagnosis. Uh, there's several possibilities for swelling. It uh, could well be a ganglion, and there is a risk for recurrence. If it's been cut out, it can come back and, and may need to be uh, excised again if it is causing uh, discomfort. And this question also, I think it's incomplete because um, this person doesn't mention what the surgery was for. Mm-hmm. Um, all they're saying is that they had surgery and mm-hmm. then it was uh, the, swe- the swelling came back after the surgery. So um, I think there's very little that uh, uh, can be addressed. It's difficult to uh, comment on that. Uh, next question says, Salam, doctor. I am a 44-year-old female, weigh 90 kilograms. I have severe pain on the top part of my foot. The skin pulls tight. I walk a lot, only wear flat shoes. Please give me advice. Shukran. Again, it's uh, fairly nonspecific symptoms. Uh, really difficult to comment um, just on the information I have at hand. Um, if it is bothering uh, the caller, you need to be seen by your GP, they can make an initial assessment. If they feel there's any orthopedic problem that uh, needs referral, they would then refer to an orthopedic surgeon. But based on the information, very difficult to say what the possible causes are. Next question says, Saddam, what can I do about very painful feet? I'm 52, male, non-diabetic. Pain tablets does not help. It also has uh, ha- it also have underactive. I also have underactive thyroid. Please advise. Shukran. Again, uh, in terms of the information uh, we have, it's uh, fairly nonspecific. Um, there's different causes uh, of uh, pain in the feet. Um, there's conditions that involve the heel or hind foot. There's conditions that involve the, the forefoot or the toes um, and the midfoot as well. So it's, uh, again, difficult to say uh, there's a whole host of possibilities. If uh, the caller has been having long-standing pain and it's not resolved with uh, common painkillers or anti-inflammatories, to have it seen by the GP, they can make the necessary uh, decision as to whether um, x-rays, for instance, are needed and whether referral to orthopedic surgeon is needed. The next question says, Adam, I'm 65 years old, female, weigh 72, uh, 72 kilograms. I broke my ankle two years ago, but it still pains, especially in winter, and now my thigh is paining also. What can I do, Canela? Okay, um, when you fracture ankle, it, uh, you can fracture it at, at different levels, and some, in some severe cases, um, like one of the first uh, uh, callers mentioned there was a dislocation as well. What that means is it's involving the joint surface. So it's not just the bone that's been damaged, uh, it's also the joint surface or the cartilage that's been damaged. So when it gets fixed, we try and fix it in its anatomical position. Um, but the bone will heal, but the cartilage remains damaged. So uh, there is the small risk of secondary uh, osteoarthritis or post-traumatic arthritis. So because the cartilage damage, you no longer have two smooth surfaces moving across each other. You then get inflammation. Eventually, more cartilage gets damaged and you end up with bone on bone. That's the severe uh, possibility. Um, In some cases, even if it's not really affecting the weight-bearing part of the ankle, and if it's been fixed anatomically, for some reason, patients that have had trauma or that have arthritis 
when it comes to colder months, when the, when the temperature drops, they feel the pain more. And we can't really explain why that happens. Uh, you don't even need to look out of the window. You know it's cold uh, because you can feel it in the, the, the joint or the bone that's uh, been affected. Treatment in that case is basically uh, pain control, so anti-inflammatories, to keep the bone or joint involved uh, warm. And um, usually when the weather improves, uh, the symptoms settle. Doctor, just a question on that, um, and I know we have to go to the news now, so, but it's trying to understand how, why is it that the weather affects the arthritis sufferer um, and, and they can actually feel pain or, uh, in discomfort in their bones? As I said, uh, it's one of those things that we can't explain. For mm. some reason, it happens that when it's cold, patients with arthritis or those that have had previous fractures, even though it's healed in a really good position, they experience pain at that, um, uh, and we don't know the exact cause of it. And in terms of treatment, as I said, it's symptomatic treatment, uh, the anti-inflammatories, and just keeping that uh, so joint or bone warm. Well, that's of course uh, Dr. Abdul Rawit, uh, orthopedic surgeon. Uh, this is the program Night Surgery. We're going to take a break for the news uh, wrap, and when we come back, uh, we will address whatever's left on the SMS line with regard to your questions. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Caravan. And this, of course, still the night surgery with Dr. Abdul Rawid, orthopedic surgeon. Uh, and I think we'll just have one more final question to answer. I want to say shukran to Dr. for staying on for a few more minutes with us. This one says, um, good evening, doctor. I am a female, age 69. Five years ago, I had bone density tests and it showed an osteopenic uh, left hip. I am on calcium and vitamin D. The pain in the hip has become severe. Moving down my thigh to my knee, can't lay on left side or use stairs, and I limp also. have also have lower spine degeneration, so in a bad way with pain. Gout in hand too. Your thoughts and advice, please. Thank you, Ruby. Okay. How long ago was the bone density scan done? Um, let me just see... Uh, Five years ago. Okay. Um, you know, the caller mentioned osteopenia. Now, um, we spoke earlier about osteoporosis. Osteopenia is where the density, when you look at x-rays, the bone density doesn't look quite normal. So it looks, uh, the bone looks weaker than uh, what it's supposed to. And it's uh, somewhere between normal bone and osteoporotic bone. Um, so generally, uh, patients that are osteopenic uh, need to be on supplements. They generally don't have to be uh, on the treatment for osteoporosis. It all depends on what the, the, the bone density scan shows. And uh, it would be advisable to repeat the bone density scan to see whether there's been an improvement in the strength or density of the bone. In terms of the hip pain uh, that the caller mentions, Again, you can at her age you can get osteoarthritis of that hip, um, so it's not related to the density of the bone, but more to the changes in the joint itself. So when you have the osteoarthritis, you present with uh, hip pain, and that can cause referred pain down the the thigh as well. She also mentioned degenerative changes of the back. That's basically arthritis of the lower back. That itself can also co present with hip pain. So uh, my advice is uh, if this has been ongoing and it's not improving, is to have it seen to, um, in terms of uh, the first uh, uh, investigations we would do, is to uh, do an x-ray of the hip of the lower spine and see if there's any uh, 
uh, signs of arthritis involving that that could explain uh, the caller symptoms and then as I said uh, in terms of uh, uh, reassessing the uh, osteopenia uh, it may be necessary to repeat the uh, density scan well, Doctor, I think uh, we'll wrap it up there in terms of the questions for this evening. Shukran so much uh, to all of those who have SMSed in uh, their questions to 47913. And uh, once again, Doctor, to yourself also, Shukran so much, uh, Dr. Abdul Rawid, orthopedic surgeon. And I believe uh, you are at uh, Malamed uh, Belleville. Yes, I have my rooms at uh, Malamed Belleville. Also, uh, do some trauma uh, calls at Gatesville uh, Malamed. And then, inshallah, when the new hospital opens up in Tukai, I'll be having rooms there as well. Um, and um, thank you for having me this evening. Uh, it's a pleasure, Dr. Shukran, so much. And once again, safe trip home. Shukran. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.